It's Monday, May 16th, 2016, and you're listening to episode 45 of Roll Up and Die. Audacity, yeah, go ahead and hit record now. We're, we're, we're right. talking, yeah. and, we, and we might accidentally banter. Mm-hmm. Bantering is good. We, we, don't, we don't want to miss the good banter, yeah. then we get stuck with crappy banter. And <laughs> exactly. No one likes crappy we banter. We might actually have a legitimate conversation at some point. What? That's craziness. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> so, uh, actually, something I wanted to ask you about, Mike, and this might be banter-worthy, I don't know, but... Uh, James from Tabletop Terrors was telling me the other day that you have uh, obscene internet speeds up where you are. I do, yeah. It's uh, normally when I have to upload, uh, when I uploaded the first time for for the for the podcast uh, with Barker, mm-hmm. I think it took me all of eleven minutes to upload an hour's worth of audio. Oh my gosh! I matter of fact, I just recently. Um, finally, was able to download and install Stellaris, which I was so excited for. And I think it took me all of like mm. five or six minutes. I was listening oh to God. Barker and and Jeez. James, I think, play a match. And before the match ended, I'd already like started up Stellaris and and uh, was on my way to galactic domination, you know, one little planet at a time. <laughs> but the funny the funny part about Stellaris, uh, actually, the one thing I found, and this is, you know, tying back into RPGs, um, you know, unsurprisingly, I spent like probably a good 15, 20 minutes simply on the character creation screen. So I'm like... There are so many options. Options. <laughs> I, I know. I, Anytime an Elder Scrolls game comes out, I'm like, I can't wait for a character creator the game to come out because I'm going to create 15 <laughs> different characters before I finally settle on one and actually play the game. Now, see, it's, it's internet speeds like that that have kept me from doing like online video gaming. Because I tried it once. Uh, this was a long time ago. I think it was uh, Unreal was what I was playing mm-hmm. at the time. And I decided to try one of these servers, you know, that I hear so much about. So I went on and I, I would literally be trying to turn, people be running past me, shooting me, destroying me and everything else. And and I just, I, it was too much. And on their, so, on their screens, you're teleporting all over the place because of your right, internet speed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was just way too frustrating. <laughs> now I definitely get that. I, I have had so many frustrations with my internet speeds. I mean, I don't, I don't have, slow internet by any means like i Mm. I know barker has told me his internet speeds out where he is and that it just makes me cry it just makes me like weep i don't understand how he does it because me with my internet speeds they're lightning fast compared to his but i still get like Mm. throw the controller across the room frustrated (laughs) when i'm trying to watch game of thrones and it gets to a good part and then freezes on me and i'm like comcast and that's the interesting thing is that up here in Canada, or at least up in in my neck of the woods, there's only there are only two providers, and uh, there's actually two main providers for internet. Uh, one is uh, Shaw, uh, which basically deals with only the west, uh, western part of Canada, and then there's right. uh, Rogers that only deals with the east. And they basically said, "Listen, mm-hmm. we're going to provide here. You're going to provide there, and we're not going to step on each other's toes, and we're not going to be dinks about it. We're just going to." <laughs> We're just going to all like work together to provide for, for our own businesses and we're good, you mm-hmm. know, and that, and that was it. Yeah. So I get like, you know, four megabytes per second <laughs> upload and download speeds. 
plus sometimes I, you know, I think I've, my highest one I clocked out was 4.7. So, and it's just, it's lightning fast internet. Yeah. You pay, you pay a little bit for it because there's no, there's no competition, but at the same time, they realize that if people don't pay for the internet, they don't make money. Mm. So they're yeah. like, well, yeah. I might as well keep it reasonable. Right. See, and we, I mean, we kind of have that a little bit here in the U.S. too, where certain companies will have a monopoly on, on different areas. You know, you, you have your big ones like Comcast and CenturyLink. And most of the time, depending on where you live, you only have one or mm. two choices at yeah. the most. And what I find is that that kind of creates this atmosphere of they don't have to improve or provide decent customer service because I literally have no choice. I can't go to the better ISP because I'm I'm with the only ISP that I that I can have yeah, access yeah. to, you know. I, I just have to play old man for a minute here because it it's just uh, amazes me how we can take things like this for granted now. Like when you first started to be able to go, you know, anything like online, it was with dial-up modems, three hundred baud, and and you, and you, and you had to listen to to the wine before it cl- before it logged oh, yeah. on. You know, and and then you then you'd be type you, you know you type something in, you'd you'd watch it appear on your screen, wait five minutes, and then. The uh, person's response on the other end on the BBS would come across in, in you know, one letter at a time. Click, 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 <laughs> click, 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 click. <laughs> and maybe after 10 minutes, you'd see a, a, a complete sentence that they had written back to you. Yeah. See, <laughs> I, I feel like I should be less curmudgeon about the Internet and less angry about it because, when like, I grew up with dial-up Internet. Like, when I was a kid, that's what yeah. we had was dial-up Internet. I remember that. You know, like just that, that yep. you know, going online. And when I was a kid, it was magic. You know, the fact that we could, yeah. we could you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. after a few minutes of listening to that horrible sound, we were on the, the information <laughs> superhighway, the World Wide Web, you know. And now I'm online in an instant on my phone. My phone is talking yeah. to a satellite up in space, and I'm like, mm, it's not fast enough. Yeah. Urgh, like, I wish it was faster, yeah, you know? It, it, there was some, I think it was some comedian was talking about this, saying that if, if our grandfathers could see this technology that we have in our hand, we have in our hand, like on your, on your average you know, smartphone, access to the, the entire collective human knowledge yeah. on this. And we use it to argue with each other <laughs> and take pictures of our food. I mean, just think about what, what we do... You know, almost every week, Alex, we, we, we have a podcast as if we're as yeah. if we're sitting next to each other. And sometimes we are. Sometimes Barker and I fly out and we sit on top of your yurt and record. Right. But right. sometimes we, you know, due to scheduling and whatnot, whatnot, we can't fly out there and sit on top of the yurt. So we have to do it online. And it's like we're sitting in the same room, you know. I mean, that's yeah. just that's crazy to me. If you actually stop and think about it and put some perspective on it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I have literally I have I have literally games with with people around the globe at the same exactly. time, yeah. you know, on, on, on the opposite side of the earth and, and several places in between yeah. all playing a role playing game together, which is uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. My current campaign uh, features, I think it's in four different time zones. So I got yeah. myself in Pacific, um, Dennis, who's in Eastern. <clears throat> Gabe is also in Pacific, but then you have John uh, from Red Dice Diaries. You know, he's in the UK. Uh, And then we have a fourth player, uh, What the Dice, uh, Devin, who uh, lives in Korea. Yeah, Yeah, Provokers is three different time zones, too. It's just, it's amazing. The only tough part is is organizing a game. Yes. Because especially when you have one person Mm -hmm. who who decides, like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm 18 hours ahead. (laughs) <laughs> you're you know. like wait a minute <laughs> you know and actually the biggest i think one of the biggest troopers uh of the of the entire campaign has been john um he gets up at, mm. at 2 a.m 
to play this game or sometimes oh 4 a.m. to play this to play <sighs> this game and and it's both humbling for me because I feel like I'm doing something right and also awe-inspiring because <laughs> I'm like yeah. I will never be as hardcore or as 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 tough as as John so <laughs> to you sir I salute you yeah I do. yeah the, the worst I did was I, I get up at seven o'clock in the morning uh for a, a few months to play in a game Runeslinger was running, who's in Korea. <clears throat> that, that 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 was my big sacrifice for that. Although I do have to say that maybe 15 years before, uh, I was living in a place where every other Sunday I was driving from Massachusetts to New Jersey to play in a game and then drive back. This was before this kind of communication was actually, you know, readily available yeah. and and you know functional. But yeah, so every other weekend I would drive from like said, Massachusetts to New Jersey and back, a four hour drive each way, play role playing games. That, that was about as hardcore as I yeah, got. Yeah, we had a we had a player in our college group uh, who tr- who drove over a mountain pass every couple of weeks to play with us, and it was like a three or four hour drive. It was just like, dude, we're not that exciting. I'm sure you could find some people who are comparable on the other side of the mountains to play with. But he was dedicated. Cue the, mon- cue the montage of him walking through like the snow filled pass. You know, <laughs> blowing and the cloak blowing in we the must back. turn back no <laughs> fighting off the game starts in an hour fighting off grizzly bears by throwing like it was a speed throwing d20s at it you know right <laughs> i have initiative <laughs> he finally rolls in hey man we're just about to start he's like oh good i didn't miss anything <laughs> oh you know it was your turn to get snacks right oh i'll be right back <laughs> <laughs> but that's dedication, man. We we do what we can to game with the people that we want to game with, whether yeah. it's getting up early or fighting off a grizzly bear. We do what we, we do what we have to. Oh yeah, I mean a lot of, a lot of people a lot of people go that extra mile to uh, you know chase down that perfect game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because why walk when you can take a Segway? <laughs> chasing 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 the dragon. Although uh, you know, oh probably um, not. No, probably not in an opium den. Well. Um, uh, you know, imagination would really go go far out there on that one. Been in those games, I think. Wow, I'm so <laughs> at, at least at least at least ones that were written under the influence of Opium. Right? Yeah, oh, I would yeah. say at least a, a number of Call of Cthulhu <laughs> modules were uh, definitely written yeah. under the influence of Opium. They well, they benefit from mm-hmm. it should, certainly. Yeah. Speaking of chasing the dragon. <laughs> Speaking of chasing the dragon. <laughs> Today on Roll Up and Die, we we're talking about chases, specifically chases uh, in role-playing games. How to how to uh, game master a chase, how to do it well, how to get across that feeling of excitement mm-hmm. and exhilaration that comes from a good chase scene, as you would see in an action movie. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I suppose I should introduce myself. Yep. I'm, I'm doing the introductions now, not Barker, and I'm, right. I'm failing hard at it. I'm Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothrock. And you've probably noticed that uh, our Barker is not here tonight. He is uh, busy getting over some jet lag from having traveled to Florida to graduate. So we're very proud of our special baby board Barker. In his place, we have Mike Lasham, Mike the Piper on YouTube. Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your channel, if you would, please. You have been on the show before. And uh, we couldn't ask for a better uh, replacement for Barker, I have to say. Indeed. I, I am certainly proud to be the wonderful bronze medal stand-in Barker for tonight. <laughs> uh, my name is Mike. I have a uh, channel, as Matt had said, Mike the Piper on YouTube, where I do some games. I play, I do a lot of videos on kind of altered perspectives on on standard things. I'm, I'm, a, rel- I'm a very new, new DM or GM. 
or force master or whatever you want to call me. Uh, but I, I like to come at things from because, because tabletop role playing games are so fascinating and so broad in spectrum. Uh, I, I like coming at things from a different kind of perspective and that way it's, you know, it's kind of to open people's minds basically, uh, basically on, uh, on playing tabletop games. So that's me. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And I've had the pleasure of uh, playing in a, a game of yours, Mike, and it was an absolute blast. And I, I can't wait to game together again, for that matter. So, but I want to I want to kick things off and ask you guys. We usually like to mm-hmm. um, uh, talk about how not to do something <laughs> before we talk about our preferred methods for doing something. So, right. what to you guys? What would be something that a game master could do to do a bad chase to hinder the excitement of a chase scene. What is, what is something that maybe you've even experienced that uh, didn't lend itself to a good chase? I suppose leaving it, if you leave it just all up to math and and numbers and dice, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that to me, that that's kind of, that's kind of boring. Um, You know, if you, if you just say, okay, you know, now you're 10 feet away. Now you're, you know, five and a half feet away or whatever it happens to be just based on dice rolls and going back and forth and just, you know, not putting anything into right. it, not, not, not running it like, well, like you said, Matt, like you would see in an action movie, you know, uh, you, you know, you want, you want the French connection, you know, you know, you want these chases that people talk about for, you know, <laughs> decades to come, that kind of exactly, thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I find would be a, kind of a, a disservice to chases would uh, just having the environment around you and and whether or not it's uh, a mm. chase through a crowded streets or a chase through a forest or you know even even two pirate ships chasing each other uh, is mm. having a very static and flat environment yeah so just yeah. saying yep you you're chasing the guy you know and people are just kind of standing there watching you it's like no you know like if you're chasing someone you know let's throw, uh, actually bring it back to Call of Cthulhu. You know, you're chasing someone mm-hmm. through the streets of Victorian London, you know, during, and you enter, a, you know, a kind of a market stall area, <laughs> a kiosk. It's going to be bristling with people. It's going to be people shopping. You know, you're tr- you a guy pushing a cart of apples, and, yeah. you know, that cart of apples spills. And then you, okay, well, now you're going to run. My cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> So I believe those were apples, but you know, and then, and then you know, and you're trying to run through these apples, and you know, you even in five E, you make your, you know, you start adding things, mm-hmm. and you you yep. kind of let the chase kind of adapt to what the players do, and kind of mm-hmm. organically flow. Uh, one of my favorite chase scenes ever is in a movie. Not a lot of people have watched it, but it's called Ong Bak. Oh, I love Ong Bak. Yeah, and and the chase scene where he's running through, he like. He basically becomes uh, every piece of the scenery as he flows. And as a DM, by not allowing the environment to, to flow around your players and have them like move through it, I think would be kind of doing it a definite disservice. Yeah. 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 I think every good, if you look at any good chase scene in, in a movie, it's all about mm-hmm. the environment. It's about where they are yeah. and how they're interacting with the environment. You know, it's the it's the two uh, guys in overalls walking with a pane of glass across the the walkway <laughs> where you're where you're needing to run. You yeah. know, and, and you know if you think about like um, the highway chase from The Matrix Reloaded, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about the cars and uh, you know the different on ramps and off ramps that they have to deal with and the bridges mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, it's if 
it's all about putting things in front of your players that they can interact with, I think, in a chase scene. And like you were saying, Alex, like, it's if you worry just about the numbers and the math, it does a disservice to the scene. But if you yeah. if you describe the scene really well and you put things in front of your players that they can interact with, then they'll start describing. You know, I vault over the I vault over the cart of apples as they topple over. You know, and things like that. So right. I think giving your players lots of lots of cool stuff that they can do, I think, is the best way to pull off a chase like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and and. Uh, you know, including the environment around you is also, um, uh, I mean, treating the environment like another character. Yeah. I mean, which you, cause you're going to kind of do anyway, but you have to do it on a, on a moment to moment basis during a chase because everything's changing constantly and fast. Yeah. Um, you know, again, using the classic crowded street <clears throat> setting, you know, there are, there, there are people who are going to react to you, you know, doing all sorts of things. There are, there are guards who may decide to interfere. There's, um, in addition to all the physical obstacles of, you know, I run in this door, I climb this building and, you know, run across the rooftops or whatever, you know, that there are people who are going to be doing stuff to either, you know, um, just going about their day or interfering with uh, your chase somehow. And so, you know, yeah, there's, there's, gonna, there's just so much uh, involvement. And I think that's um, where it becomes hard as a GM to keep up that pace of, of thinking on your feet. Cause you, that's the only way you can do it. You can't plan out a chase like that, really, in a in in some settings. Oh, definitely. Uh, part of it too, I think, is also <clears throat> just giving giving your your players like not focusing. I think you know, tying back to to what Alex said, uh, you know, not focusing on the math. You know, if if you just you just let the players just go, and you just tell them, you know, mm-hmm. you you have you have your your well, and and here's the kicker too, because a lot of people. I find when a lot of people think of chases, they think of, oh, as a DM, I'm having my players chase someone or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that I really loved in the Provokers campaign or the last Provokers game was the opposite of that. So, you know, like the the Provokers are, are, you know, going through this canyon at breakneck speed and here comes these like lizard dog things, you know, running after them and they're being now they're they're the ones being pursued. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that uh, a lot of GMs don't really think about. Like, oh, well, what if there's someone more powerful? And it's like, no, let's let's flee or let's run away. You know, like a lot of players were like, yeah, yeah, you know what? This is too much for us. Then there you go. Now you have an impromptu chase scene yeah. as as the mm-hmm. as the players are fleeing through it. So you can, you know, I don't think you have to be, you have to like have a designated moment when a chase scene happens. Mm-hmm. And and you know, you think of your, I think like a lot of it too is you think about your environment. You know, maybe always yeah. think of, okay, well, if I'm having a chase through a desert, uh, you know, maybe on horseback or, or something to that effect, well, what could happen? Well, you know, there could be uh, raiders, you know, if you're thinking of Star Wars, you know, there could be some Tusken raiders, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're flying through and Tusken raiders take a few pot shots at you, maybe one even hits you guys and, and sends you out of control, or if it's D&D, you know, maybe, you know, you're running through and all of a sudden, you know, you see the, the telltale signs of a boule is heading right in your direction, or here comes a sandstorm. Something mm-hmm. to that effect, or a, a merchant's caravan thinks you guys are raiders and starts firing on you with air, starts peppering you with arrows uh, as you're as you're trying to run away or you're trying to to pursue. And you know you have forests, you know different different things uh, like landslides or or, or you know a, a massive raging river. It's flood season, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there's this wall of water coming shooting down. 
you know, and the players have to try and traverse that without getting swept down river while still being chased. And it's, it's little things. And I don't think you, especially as a GM, I don't think you have to, you know, stick, like set the die rolls in stone and not, not in a, you know, it doesn't like if your players die, the players die. I mean, that, that that's, it's yeah. an unfortunate thing and no one likes it to happen, but it does happen. But yeah. at the same time, you know, if you want to keep things cinematic, you want to keep things edgy and exciting, you know, you, 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 you know, rolling forward, it's like, oh, you know, you just make it, you know, and you, you always give them that, you know, you just clear this, this obstacle or you, you, you know, your, your hands just touch your, your, your quarry's, um, shirt but he just manages a bolt bolt of speed just a little bit past yeah you know and you, it, and if, if the players are really getting into it and you you know you feed off of that kind of like that psychological tension and excitement right. yeah i'm a big fan of make of not making it all or nothing for things like that especially yeah. because um you know a lot of games do things like having success with cost you know so let's say you don't quite make the die roll that you that you have to make you know, you can still succeed at it, but now you now you know now you, now it's going to cost you. For example, um, let's say they make the die roll and they get and they miss by one to you know gain ground on whatever the, whoever they're chasing. Um, you can say, uh, all right, well, you 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 feel your pack slipping, so you can either you know stop and you know or slow down and adjust your pack or let it, let it drop and, and keep chasing them. You know, so that you know they have a decision to make now, saying. Well, how bad do I want, do I want to do I want to catch up with them? You know, do I want to just lo- drop my pack in the woods? I mean, I find it again, or you know, do I keep going? I could not agree more, and that's one reason why I like uh, Fantasy Flight Games <clears throat> dice system or their dice mechanics so much mm-hmm. is because this mm-hmm. this symbolic um, this symbolic interpretation system uh, really makes for this makes for like a very beautiful flowing gameplay. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. you know you you know you don't make it, but you have an advantage on the next one, or you you know you can and you can really wrap the story and make it that big cinematic story uh, with it, and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful. It's really a nice uh, nice system. Yeah, I've learned a lot about you know not necessarily just like you're saying, Alex. That kind of like uh, you either succeed or you don't type thing. It's you mm-hmm. know you can you can succeed at cost or fail with an advantage, you know, like you, like your example, Mike, with like a, you, you grab the guy's shirt, but he manages to bolt away. Well, you tear off this, a sigil that's on his arm, which will give you a clue about where he comes from and and what he's involved with stuff like that. But I think, you know, you're giving some great examples, Mike, of different things that you can encounter in a chase scene, you know, depending on where you are, what the terrain Mm -hmm. is like, what the environment is. So how would you go about, preparing that for a game if you if you sat down as a dungeon master and you said i want to run a chase scene i think we're going to have a chase Mm -hmm. this this session because what how i would go about doing it and how i've done it in the past is i i write down just like a list of cool things that i think might happen during a chase scene yeah and if i want to involve some some mechanics with that i might say like um uh toppling crates deck save or uh um you know uh a crowded uh, market strength check to push past or something like that. You know, if I wanted to mm-hmm. really include the mechanics with that. So how, how do you go about doing something like that? And that's a question for both of you guys. Mm. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Okay. Uh, for me, it would be, I would probably do very much the same thing. I would think about 
something if I would have an indoor or not indoor, but an, uh, a rural or an urban type of setting. So first I would think, okay, what, what is my, where, where are the players? Are the players in an urban setting? So then I think, okay, it's a lot of, there'll be a lot of man-made obstacles. There'll be a lot of human intervention. There'll be a lot of, um, you know, possible fight. I mean, they, you know, you, your players could run right into the middle of a, of a, bar fight that is spilled out onto the uh onto the streets so you have to try and make you know either decks or strengths or uh, acrobatics or athletics you know if you if you do acrobatics then you manage to duck and weave through the fight or athletics you're just picking up guys and you're throwing them like (laughs) like drunken javelins you know all over the place um you know if it's rural then you think okay so now it's going to be you know kind of players versus nature and then you think okay Mm. well that one is a little bit more. Um, that one's a little bit more kind of focused because you need to think, okay, what's my environment? Uh, you know, what's yeah. what season, what time? You know, mm-hmm. and then you you can just kind of like quickly jot some things down. And when I I'll try and prep when I especially when it comes to a chasing, I'll try and prep. Yeah. So I'll I'll say, okay, I want there to be a chasing. I did one in my Star Wars game. Where the players were trying to outrun a a, a, a natural predator on the uh, on the planet in a skiff, but it was a like a very large uh, bird of prey, and uh, you know they managed to try and like duck and weave, and and the bird still came landed straight on the skiff, and they just had a, a full on fight with this uh, with this huge uh, eagle, and it was. Uh, you know, I just think of like, okay, you know, you got to make some some checks, and and you know, mm-hmm. they ended up damaging the think the skiff they were on ended up just going the way of uh, of Luke's speeder bike on Endor, <laughs> like it just just careened, shattered, just destroyed. Uh, but they managed to uh, to kill the kill the eagle quite impressively. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know, it, again, it was like a success, but with cost because now they're in the middle of nowhere in this jungle. Um, in this, you know, fairly inhospitable jungle, and now they have to try and survive and and make the you know several hour journey back. So it's you know so again it's even in a in a D and D setting it could be very much the same thing where you know you yeah. leave your packs with your horses and while you're on this chase or while you're trying to chase down this the suspect or something you know your horses bolt you know maybe a, a loud noise and you know maybe you catch the guy but now you have no horses and no rations and no packs and now things are going to get just a little bit interesting. Yeah, I mean, as far as prep goes for me, I don't, I don't normally go into it thinking that, say, you know, I, I want to have a chase scene coming up, but I, I usually know that if there, if there has is a good chance of there being mm-hmm. one. For example, like if they're if they're trying to hunt someone down in the party, um, and I know that they're probably going to catch up with them, say, in this town. I already know that this guy's strategy is going to be to bolt, let's say. So at that point I'll I'll have I'll have plan I'll have stuff planned out and and kind of like you Matt I'll have you know a, a few really cool things that I can that I can pepper in as 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 things develop. You know, I'll have a you know a map of the area and um I'll sort of you know pick pick certain specific spots for uh for points of interest and and uh um, you know, kind of plan out, you know, the bad guy's strategy for escape. And then it's up to the, the party, of course, to sort of, you know, try and keep up, you know, predict what he's going to do, that kind of thing. Right. Um, but it also made me think about, 
uh, you guys were talking about wilderness, and uh, uh, I'm, work, I'm working on a new book now with with that involves aerial uh, environments, right. and so that's that's almost the exact opposite of say a city environment where <laughs> there's all kinds of obstacles and people. If you're in the sky, you're you're pretty much out there in the open, you know. And I, I kind of envision that more like. Um, uh, more like the old uh, uh, submarine battles where you had, you know, destroyers tracking submarines, or right. you know, uh, you know, more a newer version would be the Wrath of Khan, where you have, you know, uh, the Reliant and the Enterprise oh, yeah. kind of you know, squaring off around the around the nebula. You know, you can have things like that going on, and uh, you know, so that's something to consider too. Not all chases have to be uh, in time fast. You know. Th- you don't need to keep the, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, constantly moving, but there has to be the constant pressure. Right. You know, we have to get, they're getting away. They're getting away. We need to, we need to get them. So, you know, even if you're, um, you know, in the clouds trying to locate this other ship that you're pursuing or whatever, you, you need to keep, you need to maintain that pressure, not necessarily the speed. Right. That's actually, I just had a thought about that because it's a good point that like, it doesn't always have to be that kind of breakneck sort of speed. You could even run a campaign as a chase, you know, one big Mm -hmm. long chase. And instead of an apple cart falling over, it's, you know, another quest that they have to do while they're (laughs) chasing somebody or, or hunting a specific creature or, you know, something like that. I mean, that would be, that would be really cool to have that, that pressure run throughout the campaign where they have to catch up to this person or this creature, you know? And actually there's mm-hmm. a very good cinematic um, example that you've given. And that is the uh, 1970 something movie, uh, the warriors. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Where, mm-hmm. you know, it's this, this gang that has been like, uh, was it wrongfully accused of killing this big head honcho in new york and they're caught behind enemy lines and they have to make their way back uh to i think it's coney island yeah and uh and it's basically miles upon miles upon miles of dangerous territory where they're meeting all of these gangs that want to kill them right and it's uh and it's always something small like and then one guy gets captured or one guy gets beaten up and then they have to go take out this other gang and like this whole time just trying to get home and it's a it's a very fascinating uh look mm-hmm. at uh at kind of the chase but the chase but so many more things to do there's actually two really good examples in the last couple of years in movies very different examples but uh the revenant mm-hmm. and uh, mad yeah. max fury road are both oh, man yeah movies that are big long chases like there it's all mm-hmm. about someone trying to catch someone else you know Ooh. and mm-hmm. i take, think sorry I was, gonna, I was gonna say take a drink because i haven't seen either one of those movies oh man you got they're both <laughs> they're both really good uh i awesome. uh, fury road is yeah. one of my favorite movies from the last couple years revenant was also really mm-hmm. good but um yep. yeah they're both essentially chase movies and both of them are they have the same thing they have that pressure throughout where it's mm-hmm. a, it's a race against time a race against the elements and mm-hmm. that satisfaction when they catch up or when the when the when the yeah. chase is resolved you know when 
when in Fury Road, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do a big spoiler because I mean, Mike, you haven't seen either of these movies, but <laughs> there are points in both of these movies where something is resolved, whether it be you know somebody catches up to somebody or somebody says enough running, I'm turning around and I'm <laughs> gonna yeah. drive right at him. But in both of those cases, it's so satisfying, and I think that that is also a, a really important ingredient to running a, a, a chase scene is having that moment where the potential for that satisfaction is there, where, you know, the the the, the pressure is let off, uh, you know, from a re- release yeah. valve, you know, whether it's the PCs catching up to who they're chasing or, uh, you know, or, or, you know, vice versa, if they're being chased and they have to confront mm-hmm. these, these things that are chasing them or they, they end <clears> up getting away. So that's also something to keep in mind, too, is having that element there, too. Yeah. Another good example from, from uh, a book is uh, uh, the first book in the Dark Tower yes. series, The Gunslinger. I was thinking about The Gunslinger, too. I mean, that that, that also is basically a, a one long chase, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, um, uh, where he chases the, the the man in black across the desert. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and they, they never actually see, even see each other until the very end. Well, almost, yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, that's, that's a... A good example of that. I was also thinking of uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance yep. Kid. Mm. Um, the when the uh, uh, when the uh, the bo- the bo- you know the bounty hunters basically just you know uh, uh, start chasing them and and like every time they think they're getting away they're not you know yeah. and it's just uh, it, it's it's great and it finally you know sort of ends when they jump off the, into the river. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> but uh, but it doesn't even necessarily end there, and so. Um, that's that's kind of the cool thing too, is that you can have these moments of intensity in a chase that could last over several sessions, or like you were saying, an entire campaign yeah. where either you're pursuing something or you're being pursued. You know, maybe there's maybe there's some bad guy who is just keeps sending people after you, and 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 or you know, uh, one one person constantly just dogging you, and at every at every point so you have to keep moving. Yeah. You know, so there could be that constant pressure throughout the entire campaign. You know, when word when where when word approaches that he's in the next town and it's like well time to move on yeah <laughs> you yeah. know we, we gotta go <laughs> yeah it's interesting because it's you know going into this into this uh episode i was thinking you know a, a chase scene in my head i was thinking of that a scene you know a chase scene. yeah, yeah. but it's uh, it's really gotten me thinking about the, the feeling carrying the feeling of a chase throughout multiple sessions or or a longer stretch mm. of time and that's just it's interesting to think about Oh, definitely. And yeah. I think there's also uh, room for a GM to, even during lulls, during the chase, you know, when you give your players kind of that, yeah, no, you're safe for now, but still trying to build tension. <laughs> so, you know, you almost get them paranoid at every little thing. So, you know, maybe, you know, they're in a small little town. Everything seems fine. And yeah, I just want to go into this tavern, you know, Open the, you open the door and everyone just stares at you and everyone <laughs> right. just stares at you as you sit down. Yeah. You see a couple of people whisper yeah. to each other and just, you know, and you keep building that tension. Like, wait, do they know us? You know? And then, and then the funny part is when the player's like, well, what, uh, wait, do, do they know us? I'm like, I don't know. Have a seat, take a drink. Everything is fine. I don't trust you. Good. Then I'm doing my job. <laughs> and that's the thing you know you, you just keep building that you know and mm-hmm. and you don't let out and then even when even when you do let off 
and you say, you know, yeah, you're, you found a, a kind of a hidden cave and, and, you know, you guys have a chance to relax. Of course, this is your players being the pursued, not pursuing. Um, you know, you have that, you still give them that, that kind of that, that constant on edge feeling. Mm, and, and then yeah. the players, um, you know, unsurprisingly will end up kind of digging their own graves uh, in in many retrospects, <laughs> because eventually one of them will break and say, "You know what? I'm tired of running. Let's let's just fight. Let's yeah, fight him." And uh, and I, you know, in cases like that, it's like, "All right, cool. Well, how do you want to do this?" You know? Yeah. Yep. Sorry, my mic was being weird there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it's a chase scene is it's another tool in your toolbox as a game master, right? And it's like mm-hmm. you're saying, Mike, you can bring that that feeling into other situations and other scenes, you know, even in those lulls, even in those moments. And um, something that I've struggled with in the past that I wanted to talk about, I think, is is the, you know, you, don't, you never want to worry too much about the mechanics or the numbers or the nitty-gritty, but thinking mm-hmm. about how in a tabletop game where you're dealing with um theater of the mind how do you decide how far away people are from each other how they pull ahead from each other in the chase you know how how do you determine if the guy is 30 feet away from you running or if he's getting away you know and i've seen a lot of systems do this well and i've seen some do it poorly i remember um when i used Mm -hmm. to play savage worlds all the time it had a really really nice chase system uh, that, you know, use the deck of cards for initiative and things like that. But how how do you go about sort of keeping track of that during a chase scene? And I think I saw a couple of questions about that in mm-hmm. on the Facebook page. But thinking about, you know, how do I keep track of where everyone is in a chase scene? Because it's not a combat where everyone's in one area. You're literally yeah. moving through somewhere. Uh, well, I usually have I usually have kind of either if either stuff written down with me or a, you know if I have to I'll, I'll kind of draw out a little picture myself. But I I usually try not to burden the players with it. Right. You know what I mean. In other words, they don't need to know those numbers. Um. You know, I'll be honest about them, but I'm not gonna. But I'm not gonna say okay, you're now this number of feet away, or um, you know, you're this many seconds away from getting them, or whatever. Um, I try to to handle that with the narrative, right. how I describe it, what's going on, because that's what I want them to do. I want that. I don't want them to be thinking about, um, you know, how I can maximize my, um, my numbers here. I want to, you know, I want them to say, I, you know, I leap off the horse onto the, the cart next to me that's going in, in their, in the direction they're going. And now I climb aboard that one. And, you know, I, I want them to think outside the box and, and think cinematically rather than, you know, mechanically. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I try to keep the mechanics on on my side of the of, of the screen, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I couldn't agree with more with you, Alex, on that. I I I'd like things to progress naturally, and as my as mm. my players like continuously, well, okay, well, I want to jump here, I want to do that, and and I'll reward like thinking outside the box with mm. ground gained, and and. You know, in my head, like I'll, I'll see. There's really no way to say this without sounding like a jerk, but basically, <laughs> basically, as as my players keep having fun and enjoying the chase, I'll keep the chase going a little bit longer, 
And once, you know, and this is, this is like when you, this is more like a, you know, starting to read people kind of a moment, but once you realize it's like, okay, this is, this is starting to drag on. You can see those kind of like glazed look in their eyes. Then it's like, okay, you know what? <laughs> you did it. You got him. But I mean, obviously in a much better way than that, but you know, you, you know, either you managed to throw something or, or he managed to trip up, you know, you're, you're two feet away. You know, you have a, you have an opportunity to lunge and, and catch the guy and, you know, players like, okay, well, going to leap off this, you know, leap off this broken stone wall and flip in the air and just kind of torpedo the guy right in the back and just slam him to the ground and, and catch mm-hmm. him, make the appropriate rules and, uh, and tell me how you catch this guy basically. Yeah. I, I mean, chase scenes are beautiful. They're so beautiful and, and chase, even chase campaigns. Like that's actually, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I, I am going to write that down because I would actually love to make a, uh, an Ironhead game based on that that would be amazing actually yeah i really do now yeah i really really do and i i have an i the gears is the gears are just like spinning uh and the hamster i think just unstuck his paw from the wheel so it's turning again so yeah no i i think uh yeah oh that's gonna be perfect excellent well i've got my inspiration from this oh, show cool. folks well then I, I think we're done here our work is done. well and and it's Obviously, that what you know. There's also the thing to consider when the you know if the bad guy gets away, you know what? How does how does how does that how does that look to the to the to the to the party as yeah. well? Because you know that that's gonna you know no no one likes to lose, and so that that can be kind of hard to for them to uh, to swallow sometimes. Like you know, crap, we missed him. He got away. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what what can what can we do about that? And so even then though, I. I I'll try to either give them a final, at least verbal exchange. You know, like the guy made made the the their quarry made a a final desperate leap onto a boat that was passing by, and it's now taking them out into the harbor. And he's just you know waving at them, he's like better luck next time, you know that kind of thing. Mm. And uh, um, but also they can be rewarded with some sort of um, some sort of clue of how to find them again. Um, maybe maybe they drop something, maybe they said something or they noticed something, you know, try not to leave them with nothing for, for, for all that work they just right. did. There, there, there should be some kind of uh, uh, change in the situation, either uh, a reward <laughs> of some kind or even, you know, they, 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 there could be greater pressure now, greater tension that you can, that can make the game more exciting, even if the, the characters, you know, don't... Um, improve the situation yeah yeah i would say that you know like like any good scene like any good combat encounter or role play (laughs) encounter in in an rpg things should be Mm. different after the chase scene you know it the the situation should be changed it could be like you're saying alex it could it could be escalated where it's like well shoot now they know we're chasing him or you know or hey we he dropped this now we have a vital piece of information you know and I think anything anything that your players do, even if the bad guy gets away, it should it should change the landscape of the campaign, it, even in a in a small way, you know. Otherwise, it yeah. feels like a waste of time. Exactly. Yeah, and and one thing, I love cutscenes, love cutscenes in video games, and I even love you know cutscenes in role playing games when they're done fairly well. But when you have a, an entire scene like that where where it amounts to nothing. And the players are like, okay, so why did we do that? 
that was fun, but why did we do that? Yeah. You know, you know, it's, 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 I think it goes back to the very heart of, of, of RPGs where it's, you're not just a player playing the game. You're a player interacting with the world, you know? And that's, I think that's a a big part of it right there where, Mm -hmm. you know, even, even something as small as chasing a cut purse through an alleyway or, or Mm -hmm. trying to run away from, a really, really angry owl bear. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever you're doing, exactly. <laughs> you know, whatever you're doing, you know, it's got to account for something. You know, if mm-hmm. if the owl bear's chasing you away, maybe they, you know, it chases you into like a druid's grove that has been twisted with fiendish mm-hmm. energy, and it's like, oh, maybe that's why the wildlife's mad. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and and thinking of other cool ways to end chases since we're kind of, we're kind of on the subject of, of uh, you know, what happens at the end of a chase. Um, an- another couple ideas that I've done in the past, uh, one is that the bad guy they were chasing was actually going somewhere specific. And so you have a scene where they, ch- they chase him down an alley, in through a door, down a hall, and they come out in a room full of this guy's allies now. Oh. So they, they've chased them right into their their lair, basically, yeah. and now... <laughs> they did, they pulled you know, a now, Han now Solo, come around the corner, and there's 50 stormtroopers <laughs> yeah. standing there. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Except, yeah, they didn't necessarily have the opportunity to, to run back out. But the... Uh, and then another one was... Um, uh, they... The, the person took a hostage. He took a, a kid off the street. He, you know, he basically grabbed the kid from behind and, and like held him up by the shit and was literally using him as a shield. Yeah. <laughs> you know, saying, yeah, you want me bad, bad? Come on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you think you can hit me wizard, you know, without hurting him. Right. You think so? You know. So, uh, you know, things like that can really, again, ramp up tension. It can show a lot, show how bad this guy really is. You know, this guy's willing to pick up, you know, an innocent and use him as a, as, as, as a, is protection that's uh, you know, uh, and and it can leave a really nice bitter taste in the in the players in the players' mouths when they have to um, now maybe let this person go if they're not willing to risk killing you know this this innocent. Yeah, well that's really good too because you you take that that tension and that pressure from the chase mm-hmm. and you just carry it over into yeah. that scene and that into that what is essentially a role play encounter you know and that. Like if you mm-hmm. can if you can keep that rolling if you can keep it flowing I mean that's just yeah that's awesome it, it creates an awesome energy around the table. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh it. it yeah. It's and, and it, again it harkens back to that keeping that tension up you know keeping that excitement level mm-hmm. up and I find sometimes even with tricks I'll speak faster and I'll speak more excitedly mm-hmm. to my players and it's um, I can't remember that that trick it's actually one of the one of the best ways to talk down someone who's very very angry but you you be, mm-hmm. you start at talking you know at kind of at their level and then you slowly start speaking to them as you keep talking to them you keep start talking to them like quieter and quieter and quieter and before you know it you've actually calmed that person down and mm-hmm. you can do the same yeah. thing in reverse with your players <laughs> you, know, you start by you start by talking really slowly and really calmly but then then you know yeah, you know, uh, you see someone. He's taking off. Yeah, he's 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 taking off. He's got that woman's purse. Yeah, he's he's just ducked through an alleyway. He flipped up over a thing. You know, the woman's coming up to you, screaming like, "Please, please help me! He's just stole my family heirlooms. I need that money." What do you want to do? 
wait, what? Oh, okay. Uh, let's go. I start taking off after him. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and then it just, you just, you just, you've started it by verbally cueing your players that, okay, yeah. this is something you'll, you'll want to focus on because you know, you're, right. you're in it now. Yeah. We need to take action. Yeah. Uh, Matt, do you have the questions? I, I don't do. Know if you, I, don't I know have if them open right here. I was actually going to segue into that. Yeah. yeah, I think we should answer a couple questions here. So I, 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 I glanced up and noticed the time. Yeah. <laughs> and to make sure we didn't. Uh, yeah. So uh, we didn't drop the ball. every week when we record an episode, <laughs> we will usually put up our topic on the Roll Up and Die Facebook page, which is Facebook.com/slash Roll Up and Die. And on that post, you can ask a question that you have about the uh, topic at hand, and we will answer the most liked question. Usually, just one, but sometimes we we'll get crazy and answer two or three. So yeah. let's look at the a lot, of, a lot of good ones. Yeah, today. yeah, there are a lot of good ones. We got a great response on this one, so we might we might tackle a couple of them here. So our top question is from Corey M, and Corey asks, "This is something we were just talking about here. What about collateral damage? Your chase spills mm. out into a marketplace or detour, detours through a temple. How do you hold PCs and NPCs accountable for damaged property, property injuries to town folk, death, etc.? Or do you? So." We were just kind of talking about that, Alex, with the mm. the NP, you yeah. know, the NPC taking a character hostage or taking someone hostage. Yeah. So, yeah. How would we handle that? How do you guys handle that? The the different, you know, <laughs> things that come from the chase as <laughs> as the wizard is throwing <laughs> off magic missiles and fireballs, trying to trying to take this guy out that they're chasing through the streets. How do you deal with the collateral damage? Uh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of holding. Uh, characters accountable for their actions. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on where they are, of course. If they're in a city, obviously, then yeah, they they need to be, uh, you know, in a because the the law structure there is going to be pretty s- strict compared to, compared to say a small town. Yeah. And so they're 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 going to, you know, if, if there's been a mer- if there's been a merchant who's probably very powerful in town who's had some of his goods damaged or his storefront damaged or something like that, then he's going to be complaining to the to the to the city. Uh, about that, and you know, these uh, these these characters might have to be digging deep into their pockets yeah. to pay back some of the damage. Exactly. Some of the damage exactly. Who's made. going to pay for this? <clears throat> oh, definitely. Well, uh, yeah. Go, no, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Um, oh, well, I was also going to say, and there's also, you know, even in uh, even in a rural uh, setting. So, I mean, if you're mm-hmm. you know if you're having a chase with the forest, and this wizard is again throwing, you know. Uh, fireballs and and magic missiles <laughs> and you know yeah it's summertime the sun's out it's beautiful it's a hot mm-hmm. day and okay you've started a small forest fire that is actually rapidly yeah. progressing in your direction <laughs> so as you're chasing as you're chasing it there's a forest fire that's chasing you that's right so you know how do you want to play this because you better start running you yeah. know so you know and it's little it's little things like that you know that a lot of people think well you know i, I can just I can yeah. just magic missile and blow up anything. Well, no, actually, you can't. Oh, and, and that's right. Oh, and in a situation like that too, you also have to think about now. Let's say that this forest fire is blowing towards a village. Mm-hmm. Now it's like you can either follow this guy to, to catch your quarry, or you've got maybe a half an hour to warn that warn that village that a fire's coming yeah. or something like that. You know, I mean, now you have to decide. You know, are you going to save the village that you put in jeopardy, or are you going to you know keep going after your your quarry? Oh, definitely. And I mean, and same thing with even in a, actually, uh, the same kind of thing happened in, in a way in my, uh, in my, uh, fiasco on the silver dragon express game where, you mm-hmm. know, everyone started shooting at all the yetis and I'm like, okay, that's not a bad idea, except you're on a mountain. 
and it's gunshots. <laughs> yeah. And there's snow, an avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> and which I, exactly. And the best part is, is that avalanche actually led to a small impromptu chase scene where you know the train had like pitched over and was mm-hmm. falling very very quickly, and you know. He, Yetis were jumping from like fallen log to fallen log, and you know, trying to mm-hmm. trying to attack the train, and players managed to somewhat hold them off. Um, it was uh, <laughs> definitely an interesting experience. Uh, you know, snowboarding mm-hmm. yetis and 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 gunfire and all these all these crazy things. And these are a few of my favorite things, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and and now, if you're talking about collateral damage in, in in the case of someone dying that's a whole nother situation mm-hmm. then then you know you know depending on how you want to run it the 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 player characters could find themselves in a court or you know having to explain themselves or talk to you know uh someone in charge or even now have a, a loved one who might seek revenge someday yeah. upon them for <laughs> exactly you know when they least expect it hopefully yeah well, and I think that that you know that's always kind of a sobering thing to have something like that happen. So, I mean, it's a it's a mm, it, again, yeah. it's a good way to utilize that pressure and that tension and just keep it rolling and keep escalating it, you know, throughout. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next most liked thing is actually not a question. It's from Jacob N from Mini Terrain mm-hmm. Domain, and he says, "I don't really have a question. I'm looking forward to this episode." I ran one chase scene through the streets of Skullport, and it felt okay. I would like to do more chase scenes and have them be exciting and dynamic. And I think, you know, we've kind of been talking about that as, like, Mm. you know, focusing on the environment, keeping it simple in the mechanics, and allowing your players a lot of agency in how they go about the chase, I think, are, like, the three biggest things in keeping it dynamic and, and feeling cinematic, you know? Yeah, you keep keeping the pressure up, and and if you are having a real time sort of fast chase, like you know running through the streets or whatever, then yeah, you want to keep it moving. You don't want to give even the players much time to think about their actions. Yeah. You know, the, the less time you give to them, the more it feels like like again keeping that urgency in play and saying, all right, he he turns the corner. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Um, you know, and 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 just keep that moving as quickly as possible so that they feel that. That urgency and that speed. Exactly. I also like to think about giving my players about five seconds to react. So in a, in a chase scene yeah. like that, so you know, you say, "Hey, you have five seconds to react," and then every every moment you wait, you know, he gains another ten feet, another ten feet, another mm. ten feet. Yeah. So now you know, you say, "Okay, you just you just jumped over, you know, jumped over a cart, ducked down, and then wall ran up a wall, and then parkoured himself like straight over." Okay, what do you do? Um. Okay. Now, now he's now <laughs> ten feet. Now he's now he's another thirty. You know. Now he's thirty feet yeah, away. Yeah. What? No. You know. He's getting away. Well. Yeah. I, okay. Then I'll do the same thing. You know. And so you know, it keeps them trying to like constantly be be getting like getting their their tension up so they can they can just run and they can and they can just focus on on, on it. And I think it kind of it yeah. kind of adds to that immersion as well, especially when you give them when mm-hmm. you give them time frames. Like, no, you you have to react. Yeah. You know, same thing with anything, really. Yeah, and if you have them all sort of, like, sitting on the edge of their chair, sort of leaning in, and, and, and you can tell they're just waiting for their turn, like, staring at you, waiting for you to, your eyes your eyes to turn on them, you know, to give them their chance, and they're ready. And that's, that's when you're doing the chase right, is that they're all, you know, 
ready to go the instant you even glance toward them. <laughs> right. No, exactly. Uh, well, do you guys want to do an idea that people can steal? I think that's a good so idea. So, what do we want to do? Do we want to come up with uh, uh, the the setting and hmm. the and the uh, background behind a particular chase scene? How do we want to do this? Um, let's do. How about how about an adventure long chase? Okay, yeah. Something a little bit different. Okay, I like that idea. Um, okay, yeah. Okay, so we'll just kind of add stuff to it as we roll here, as we roll up yep. and die. Uh, one to two will be me, three to four will be Alex, and five to six will be Mike. That's a five. So, Mike, why don't you kick us off with, uh, with some stuff about this adventure long chase? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, you are members of a mercenary group that has been fighting this long, protracted war. Uh, you are getting close to... Finishing up, there's a finally both forces are meeting on the field of battle when um, a cry goes out from the general's tent. And, uh, mm. All right, that is a three, so that's Alex, I believe. Okay, so uh, there's a cry from the general's tent. Um, uh, when the uh, when the character when the characters arrive, they 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 discover the, uh, uh, the 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 general on the ground, and his uh, his 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 his, uh, his sort of writing desk is sort of toppled over. There's papers everywhere, and and he and he's and he's he's got his hand to his head, and he says, uh, "The the plan they, they they've taken the plan. If it if it makes it if it makes it across the lines, our our, our forces will be slaughtered." That's good. Okay. All right. So I'll say that the the players then have to set out and find the uh, the thief who stole these plans. Um, the plans are for a um, a new siege weapon that is essentially a uh, a repeating um, catapult that automatically loads itself and. It'll be devastating uh, against uh, castles and things like that. And so uh, there's a lot of tension because there's these two sides that are finally making peace. Both of them are accusing each other. One side is saying, you stole the plans. The other side is saying, you're trying to frame us to start the war again, blah, blah, blah. So the adventurers are literally having to, to race against time to try and find whoever stole these plans. And... It ends up being uh, a third party, someone completely uninvolved with the war, but someone who stands to profit from the war continuing on. So I'm going to roll again. We're going to add some more to this. Yeah. That's a five, so that's uh, Mike again. Okay. Uh, as the as the players uh, continue on uh, due to some investigation, they finally find the thief, and the thief takes off but not before uh, a heavy skirmish breaks out amongst the two armies, unannounced, just two, like the tensions have just boiled over, and then two, two con- large contingents of soldiers begin like clashing in melee and arrows flying, and this thief is running straight through the battle oh, to man. get to the other side. 
and the players now have to run through the battle and chase after them. That's awesome. That's really cool. Okay, I'm going to roll again. Okay, that's and that's me. Um, so I think uh, the thief is um, is a goblin who has lots of different tools at his disposal. He's the absolute best at what he does, and he drops caltrips behind him, fires a hand crossbow over his shoulder, has um, maybe even some bags of fire powder that he's tossing over his shoulder and using as flashbangs, doing everything he can to uh, to deter the players and get them off of his trail. All right, and let's be, let's have this be the final thing, Alex. All right, sure. So he's he's actually planned this for a while. You know, he, he's as you said, he's he's the best at what he does. So he's he's actually set this up. So not only does he have these things that he's throwing along the way, but he has things sort of planted Ooh, yeah. uh, for him to use as he goes. Um, so he doesn't actually have to carry all the stuff with him. You know, he he's he's kind of seeded his his tri- his path on the way out. And the final one is is a rope bridge across this uh, uh, this deep ravine. Um, that uh, is stretched for miles in either direction, and as 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 he just as he reaches the other side, the uh, uh, the 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 characters are either on the the side you know over or even have started across, and they 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 they, they see him uh, 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 holding this this uh, uh, this this kind of t- rope that that stretches out to the bridge, and he gives it a yank as as the bridge begins to sort of unravel oh, yeah. uh, under the under the character's feet. Classic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, and that's, yeah, that's that would be a really awesome session long chase. You could easily get a, a one shot or, or a you know a session in a campaign out of that. So, oh yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that was chases, guys. We hope that you've gotten something out of this episode and uh, gotten some tips on how how to run chases in your RPGs and how to make them exciting and and uh, tense and and. Uh, cinematic so yeah we hope you got mm-hmm. something out of it i just want to thank mike again for filling in for uh barker absolutely it's always great to have you on the show mike oh it, mm-hmm. it is absolutely my pleasure uh if there's one thing i always come out of doing this show and this is the second time now is uh inspired and and just honored to be able to to speak to uh to you two guys because you guys are phenomenal in the world of rpgs so Thank you, man. Likewise, yeah. Oh, thank definitely you. check out yeah. uh, Mike the Piper on YouTube. The guy runs amazing games. Uh, definitely check mm-hmm. out like the Ironhead Chronicles, and he's running some awesome Star Wars stuff now as well. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And again, we had Mike Lasham standing in for uh, Barker. In honor of Barker, I will say, Godspeed. Blah. Blah. this has been roll up and die (laughs) this show has been produced by roll up and die and is copyright 2016 it is owned by all three of the primary hosts the games movies and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners stealing sucks you can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. 
Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master, and both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog, and his work can be found on Drive-Thru RPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form, as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming. <laughs>